Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Sawbones, Meryl Dewar of Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Um, this is a, a bittersweet episode, I would say, Sid. It is. It is. Uh, this episode was supposed to be done, was supposed to be performed live last week. Yes. Uh, on our tour. Give the short version of this story, because it is very sad. <laughs> Uh, the, I, well, this particular, this particular episode, I'd done all this research for our live show in DC, uh, on our tour last weekend. And the morning that we were supposed to leave, we woke up at 4am because that's how early we had to get up to get to our flight. And our oldest daughter, Charlie was puking yeah and puking and puking and puking and puking. And poor thing she was she was so sick and there was no way we could put her on an airplane and make her stay in hotels that was just it was unreasonable so we had to put her first and sadly sad well no not sadly though we had to put her first but sadly it meant not that myself and the girls couldn't come on the tour and so this this lovely uh story about another mysterious GI illness. Wow. Was supposed to be told live in Washington, D.C. because it is relevant to Washington, D.C., but instead, that will be this week's tale. Well, Sydney, I'm ready. Uh, take, me, take me away. Justin, have you ever heard of National Hotel Disease? Uh, no, but it sounds like an indie band <laughs> from the 90s. It, it, I found this, I stumbled across this national hotel disease and I thought, what? I've now, there are some odd names for various uh, diagnoses, like illnesses, syndromes, viruses. There's some weird names out there, but this was, this one really, I had never heard of this. Uh, it seemed particularly strange. It seems like one of those names that we come across sometimes that is like a colloquial name. For yes. a disease that we later understand to be like, no, that was just chicken pox that you got at a hotel. Okay. It's nothing fancy. It's just regular. What is it he says in um, Waiting for Guffman? Uh, well, Montezuma's Revenge is just regular old American diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was sort of like regular old American diarrhea that we're going to talk about. Uh, the National Hotel, the first thing that might strike you is you, you might not know where that is. Well, that's because there is no National Hotel anymore. But there used to be one in D.C. Uh, and 
a mysterious epidemic struck the National Hotel in early January of 1857. And I want to tell you the story of this strange epidemic because to this day, we're not 100% sure what it was. We have some pretty good theories. Um, But at the time, 1857, we couldn't, we didn't know anything really, you know, about much of anything. Yeah. I mean, well, heck, we don't know a lot now. But we have better <laughs> names for things. Yes. Uh, so let's go back to January 1857. We have to go back. Let's go back. Uh, Washington, D.C. is a it's cold. It's January. It's dirty. It's a dirty place. Uh, I hear you, sister. When, when, <laughs> That's what I keep telling everybody. Nobody will listen. These fat cats. It's dirty. When people talk about how you need to drain the swamp or the, the, the swamp, as it were, the concept of the swamp, do they do they realize they're making like a reference to the fact that D.C. initially was sort of like a it was a swamp swamp? Do people know that? I don't know. We, I feel like we did. Didn't we discuss this in one of our presidential illness episodes? Yeah, I was just curious. A lot of people talk about the swamp that is Washington, D.C. And I don't know if they realize that like it literally was it, it was, was a, a swamp. It was a swamp and it was never properly drained. And that's not a joke I'm telling. It was a swamp that wasn't properly. It was it was swampy marshland with with like no decent sewage systems. They were they were just in the 1850s. They were just putting some early like sewage systems in place. Prior to that, essentially, you dumped your human waste into fields scattered about the city. Bummer. Yeah. I mean, it was gross. It was a gross, dirty uh, marshy swamp with like piles of human feces, like seven blocks from the White House, and uh, everybody was sick all the time. There were mosquitoes everywhere. There was malaria and yellow fever and typhoid and dysentery and it's gross. It was gross. It's just gross. It was a gross place. Anyway, uh, then also there was the you know all the political intrigue at this point in history. I don't know if you know much about 1857, Justin. Well, I, of course I do, but why don't you recap for everybody? So the inauguration of uh, soon-to-be President James Buchanan was just weeks away at this point in history. It was it was going to be in March okay. of 1857, and the country was ill at ease. It took him a while to hand over power back then, huh? A couple of months, a couple of months into the year before all old James could take over. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess the, I don't know. Take, it took you I mean the, to drive from your house. The stagecoach. <laughs> I'll be there by March, I guess. He was I from, guess I'm president now. I'll be there by March. He's just from Pennsylvania. I got to walk up from Pennsylvania. I'll be there in March. It's a long walk. So he, the thing about James Buchanan, which prior to this episode of a medical history podcast, I knew nothing about James Buchanan other than he was a president. That was the extent of my knowledge. I, James Buchanan was a moderate. I that, I know that from this song, James K. Polk, by They Might Be Giants, and that's it. So that's that's kind of okay. Moderate is a different word than what I would use, maybe. But I guess maybe for 1857, he would be considered a moderate. The thing about him is he was from the north and a lot of northerners uh, were anti-slavery at this point in history. But he was not. He was anti-abolition. And I say that very specifically because it's hard to say that he was pro anything. He just kind of 
Like, everybody stop fighting and let's move forward. That sounds like a moderate to me, right? Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about slavery. It's hard to call somebody a moderate who's yes. just kind of, well, you know, either way. They're good. They're they're very fine people on both sides of the argument. Definitely in the lens of 2019. <laughs> he is not. I'm not saying it's, it's aged no, I wouldn't well. call him a moderate now. Right. In the context of the song James K. Polk and the times in which he lived, a moderate. He was so he was he didn't want the abolitionists to make all the trouble they were making. If everybody could agree to end slavery, he was fine with that. He wasn't particularly concerned about any ethical issues or any human rights issues. He was just kind of like, I don't really care about this. It doesn't affect me personally. (laughs) Um, And I'd like my presidency to go well. So would you all just stop fighting about it? Uh, And he was already getting pretty chummy with the Supreme Court because they were about to issue a decision on the Dred Scott case to decide uh, if they could if like a Supreme Court decision that could kind of restrict Congress from ever ending slavery. Ah, okay. And so he was like getting chummy with Supreme Court justices right prior to his inauguration to try to influence this decision that they would deliver. And he also he didn't agree with the Missouri Compromise, which was the idea that as as states were entering the union, they would have the ability to choose whether they were entering as a slave state or a non-slave state Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, And uh, and at this moment in history, the new Kansas territory was in a huge state of upheaval because they were trying to decide it was kind of like split about half the state wanted to enter as a slave state and half wanted to enter as a non-slave state as a free state. And so they were, they were like fighting. It was like the, it's called bloody Kansas. And they were like, there was all these like uh, riots where people were killing each other over who, whose constitution would win out as the state constitution that would join the union. So wow. it was a very tumultuous moment in American history. Uh, tempers were running high. Nobody was agreeing on anything. Um, and it it was becoming very clear that the federal government was going to have to step in and kind of do something about this issue. Right. Right. Um, and we know what happens. They they don't. And then when we do, it's the Civil War. Oops. And yeah. Yeah. We yeah. We didn't get it. Didn't get it on that one. So. There were a lot of people who were not looking forward to the Buchanan presidency okay. because they did not see him as a figure who was going to, like, resolve this issue in in any meaningful way. That's fair. He seems to be um, just kind of a kind of a wimp, kind of wimpy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he was just he was like your standard. He was he was. From my understanding, and this is my very brief study of the Buchanan presidency, <laughs> he he was a like true to the bone politician in that whatever his beliefs were, who knows? He just wanted to get elected, stay in power and have people like do what he said. And like whatever he had, whatever had to come out of his mouth at any particular moment to make that happen. He was pretty good at greasing those wheels most of the time. Yeah. Well, he did it. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, he got elected be, president. President. So he's like, he was good at it, I guess. I know a lot of people are wondering, what does any of this have to do with medicine? Me too. Well, in light of this, um, this, this air of uh, discontent in the country, we have an inauguration about to occur. It's a big party, right? Okay. All the, all the elites in Washington and uh, all of the supporters of Buchanan are about to descend upon uh, the capital for festivities and and balls and a lot of you know political backroom dealings 
prior to this next uh, administration beginning. And a lot of the elite were going to stay in the National Hotel because it was known at the time to be like the place to see and be seen. It was very posh. It was very Tony place. It was very high class. Uh, It was a the owners were friends with with Buchanan. Ah, they were, they were like right. personal friends. And so himself and his family and a lot of members of his delegation and like his political buddies in Congress and their staff, all these people were going to stay at the National Hotel because one, it was the place to go. And two, it was like Buchanan's friends and, the, you know, they're all buddies there. And so they're all going to hang out the same place. Uh, there were a lot of drinking, huge banquets like you would go and like the hotel would have a big banquet because a lot of the people staying were like political dignitaries. Right. right. So a very high class scene. So you have to imagine this like the hotel itself. And that's a, it, it's it's this dichotomy that I think maybe is intrinsic to Washington, D.C. itself. What's that? The hotel was known as the nice place to stay. It was filthy, though. It's important <laughs> to know that it was filthy. filthy As uh, comparatively, or like everything was filthy. Everything was filthy. Like people, I mean, it's documented. It's famously dirty. F- a famously <laughs> dirty hotel. Okay. It was gross. There were people who like weren't necessarily part of the Washington elite who would come there, stay there, and say like, "This place reeks. Why does anyone want to stay here?" But it was still known as. I mean, like the. It'd be like like really nice furnishings and and finishes Mm -hmm. and stuff but with like filthy sheets and dirty carpets and nasty floors and bad smells and poor ventilation and just grody it was just gross i mean a lot of things were in dc at the time because again it was a it was a dirty swampland that had not been you know prepared for humans (laughs) properly before we moved in so we have all these dignitaries. They're in their finery. He had like Buchanan would have like suits made for him, like like hand tailored, beautiful suits made for him. And mm-hmm. so they're all in their finery and their frippery, if you will, I will. having their bank, having their frippery. banquets and their drinks and whatever. And it's all so posh until the diarrhea starts. Oh, boy, ain't that always the way <laughs> things seem so fancy until the first hint of diarrhea. And. It wasn't long after they checked in that the diarrhea started. This illness hit pretty quickly. Um, It was reported that Buchanan seemed to be feeling pretty okay before dinner. They all had dinner. And then in the middle of the night, uh, he was seized with abdominal pains and diarrhea. And a lot of people were. Not just Buchanan. Many people became ill. Even the doctor with him became ill. Uh, woke up in the middle of the night, thought he had been poisoned. Actually, he was so sick, um, went and immediately took something to make himself puke, which would have been the yep. remedy of the time. 1857. Uh, yeah. What we're doing. Make make you puke, make you poop. Um, what do you do when the problem is vomiting and the, diarrhea? The Ouroboros. Oh, so he I should uh, be getting better. <laughs> I don't understand. It should be fixing me. Uh, but the doctor couldn't tend to himself for very long because Buchanan was sick and he had to go tend to Buchanan. And so uh, the vom- so the vomiting, nausea, uh, swollen tongue uh, was a was a symptom. Um, and everybody, all these political dignitaries, all these very fancy people spent the night 
throwing up and having horrible diarrhea and cramping. And the next morning, uh, it was a bad scene at the National Hotel. I would guess. Yes. Grittier than normal. So initially, the the doctor says uh, it was probably the soup. I think it was the soup we all ate. Uh, Was it the soup? Well, Justin, we don't think it was the soup. There's more to this story. This is not where it ends. It does not just end with this bout of diarrhea. Are you doing a soup cliffhanger? (laughs) No, I'm just saying. Is this a soup cliffhanger? Was it the soup? Was it not the soup? Check in next time. After we go to the billing department. No, you're going (laughs) to tell me if it's the soup now. Justin, I'm... You can't leave me like this, Smurl. (laughs) Was it the soup? The soup is not poisoned at I'm this time. I'm canceling HBO now because of this. You've treated mistreated the fans for the last time. Who killed Laura Palmer and was it the soup? Was it the soup? <laughs> they used soup to do it. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, Sydney. <laughs> the soup. We've waited long enough. Was it the soup? I mean, it could have been the soup, Justin. I, I, I'm at the end of this. I'm going to. I already alluded to the fact was that it, we'll hey, never know for sure what it was. Sydney, can I ask you but we, one, one yes. question? Was it the soup? Maybe. Okay, it might have been the. Soup. It might have been the soup. One way or another, the doctor thought uh, it was something we ate. We all got sick because it was something we ate, and because uh, a lot of people got very sick with the same symptoms. But it's important to note that if we're just talking about like, oh, we just ate something bad, no big deal. It wasn't a little tummy bug. Some people got sick and got better. Some people got sick and continued to suffer effects of this for months. I mean, would have like relapses and recurrences and and would just feel weakened by it for, I mean, up to year a year later, wow. you know. Others stayed sick and eventually would succumb to the disease. Uh, the first uh, d- death was Major George McNair, who was 64, and he also... Ate at the banquet around the same, ate, ate at the hotel around the same time. It's not known if he had the soup. It's not known if he had the exact same food that President-elect Buchanan had. But uh, he did get the same illness, the National Hotel Disease, and eventually died. He was the only one who got an autopsy. I don't know what else. Huh. There are more deaths to come. I guess I have I have I given that away. that would have been back then. Uh, I have no idea. He... You know, I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't know. I'd have to look into that. But, uh, but he did get a he did get an autopsy, and um, they noted that there was some uh, inflammation and what they called the onset of gangrene in the stomach already. So, like tissue death. Uh, but uh, there was no there was nothing obvious to them at the time. Now, of course, your ability to to do any studies to say what happened at the time was fairly limited. Right. So. I mean, the germ theory of disease was not, you know, a thing. So I don't know what they were looking for, really. Kind of a weird idea. They did an autopsy without really any clue what... What does this look like to you guys? They were checking for your soup levels. (laughs) Was there soup in here? Because that would narrow it down. Boy, I wish we knew what any of this stuff was. Wow, what is this one, the squishy one? Uh, It's all squishy. Why why do we do this? Why are we doing this? This is actually disrespectful. I'm actually getting skeezed out right now from doing this uh so they couldn't they couldn't figure out a cause um and like i said other people were becoming ill buchanan decided i think i'm gonna get back to pennsylvania for a while to recuperate you know he just wanted to be in his own bed for a bit um and uh as he left the national hotel went back to pennsylvania to to get better i guess eat some chicken soup and rest Um, wait what Oh. Chicken. No, James, no. <laughs> Not the soup again. Not soup. Uh, the cases stopped. People stopped getting sick. So was it just that one So magical night? Well, here's what. C- could you guess what people began to think? Um, the, the, a, it is a tumultuous time in the, American political history. The, the president-elect a, stayed at a hotel. It was an attempt on James Buchanan. That's exactly what people began to, att- began to think. Was this a poisoning? Did somebody try to kill James Buchanan? With? 
soup. <laughs> they knew how much he loved a nice soup. So a lot of people nice barley vegetable. I'm I'm editorializing here, <laughs> but I feel like with speculative nonfiction, that's okay. He he liked. Uh, I've read that he was not a particularly healthy guy. Anyway, he wasn't a particularly healthy eater, and he also uh, was a bit of a drinker, and uh, generally speaking, was not in great shape even before all of the diarrhea. So kind of a maybe a donut whiskey soup. <laughs> That doesn't sound appealing. I like those words you said, donut, whiskey, and soup, but not together. Uh, Perhaps a hot hot pocket vodka. Gazpacho. Hot pocket gazpacho. 2019, where is the hot pocket vodka? It's about time, I think. Uh, So anyway, people began to theorize, was he poisoned? Was this a poisoning attempt? Uh, Somehow the rumor that it was arsenic got out, and people were saying it was arsenic, which... There wasn't evidence for, but, you know, people talked about it. Uh, why? But and nobody was quite sure, like, well, none of that really makes sense. But at the same time, it did stop after he left and went home. Right. Um, so maybe it was related. And they begin to wonder who could have tried to assassinate the president. There were different rumors that went around. Uh, were, was it a political rival? Was it maybe an abolitionist? You know, Ooh, yeah, uh, there was there was a lot of talk that they started to blame it on staff members of the National Hotel, specifically like former freed slaves at the National Hotel. Mm. Except the problem with that theory is that there were, in fact, none employed at the National Hotel. Uh, the entire that? staff uh, was white. So there was that was absolutely not the case. But these theories went wild. Uh, you know, who who could have tried to kill James Buchanan? Um, now, all of this talk is not great at the beginning of someone's presidency. Right. Yeah. So so t- tumult. Exactly. A lot of intrigue. It's going to it's really going to distract from your ability to like guide policy or whatever James Buchanan was interested in doing. Who knows? It doesn't sound like he was very successful in doing much of anything. So. Whatever his plans were, he thought they were going to be dashed by all of this uh, intrigue. So I thought you were going to say diarrhea, but (laughs) (laughs) that too. But he mainly was concerned about the talk and he didn't he he needed to find a way to kind of squash it. He didn't really think it it was an assassination attempt. He was not particularly concerned. That's also a bad look. Like people hate my gut so much. They're willing to take me out before I'm even in office. Well, and also like kill a bunch of. Innocent yeah, right. bystanders, you know. Uh, so Innocent soup lovers. <laughs> so I mean, that could have been me. I love soup. Yeah, right. Now you've gone too far. So he decides it's a combination of his concern about all of the gossip and the fact that he was good friends, as I already mentioned, with the people who own the National Hotel. He decides that the best way to squash this rumor was for him to show that there was nothing to fear by staying at the National Hotel again. Oh, I love this. He's going back to the scene of the crime to prove that he's that he ain't scared. He ain't scared of the National Hotel. And he he I'll that take, way I'll take two soups. <laughs> and it was probably the the thought historically is that it was mainly because he didn't want the National Hotel to get a bad name because he's buddies with them. But either way, he went back and he stayed there uh, right before his March fourth inauguration. To show that there was nothing to fear. And as you may have guessed, he got sick again. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know. We all knew this where this is going. Yes. Uh, he, he, he was never completely recovered from his initial bout. 
and now he was sick again. It was actually, uh, he was very ill on the day of his inauguration. The, 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 his speech, everything, it was barely making it through because of how nauseous and, and then the diarrhea and the weakness and everything, the abdominal pain, everything that had followed uh, this illness and then it's re- the recurrence of it. Yeah. Uh, he actually had his naval surgeon with him throughout the entire entire ceremony, um, like near his side, just, just in case. Crazy. Wow. Um, he would keep this surgeon, by the way, with him uh, for weeks and weeks after this illness and like he kept promising him, if you'll just please like stay here with me just in case I don't want to die, please just stay nearby uh, and tell me what to do so that I get through this. If you just please do this, I'll give you a really great position in the government. Um, he never did. He, he kept promising this poor doctor. Uh, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you this favor if you'll just like take care of me and hang out. And he never did. And eventually like, the doctor got fed up with him and left him like. Months it, later. Okay, but. I'm confused because you said that, like, okay, a bunch of people got sick and then it kind of just kind of stopped, right? Mm-hmm. But then he goes back and he gets sick? He got sick again. That's so strange. So the initial bout was in January. Right. He went back to Pennsylvania. It wasn't like a recurring problem, though, when he wasn't there, right? No. In the intervening months. No, nothing happened in the intervening months. And then when he comes back on March 3rd. He gets sick. He gets sick again. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's so strange. I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, uh, he, he makes it through the inauguration because it's, it's not just the speech, right? It's all like the parties and everything that follow. Um, and he credited that, by the way, to the fact that the doctor was giving him little sips of brandy all throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought that that's what fortified him against what the hero. illness. Thank and, you for keeping me on the straight and narrow. And doc. enabled, it's a pretty cool doc, yeah. enabled him to make it through. But this second uh, outbreak, so to speak, was not just isolated to the newly uh, inaugurated president. Other people got sick again. Um, and this was especially weird, too, because it, it is thought that this second time he stayed at the National Hotel, as far as we know, all he ate there were like crackers. Mm. But mm. somehow he got sick again. There's one thing that I love with my crackers. That makes me mm-hmm. a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just didn't want to admit that he ate the soup. He ate again. the soup again. He just uh, just some crackers, I think. <laughs> did you eat think. the soup again? No, I don't think. <laughs> did I you did. seriously eat the soup there, again? There was soup. How could you eat the soup again? I don't think. How was, much do you love soup? Just love the crackers with it, but you got to have a dip of them, or they get so dry. You know how dry crackers get? So the result of this second... Hold on, I have to go have incredibly powerful diarrhea, if you'll excuse me. It has nothing to do with the soup. It's soup. It's soup uh, uh, irrelevant. It's not, not fixed to the soup. Uh, so not only, like I said, not only did he get sick, but a lot of other people again get sick. And the result of this second outbreak are even more deaths. Um, Representative John Montgomery of Pennsylvania dies in April. Uh, Representative John Quitman of Mississippi died in July from the of the following year from like ongoing after effects of the disease. And then uh, former Representative David Robeson of Pennsylvania dies in June of 1859, again, of complications from the same disease that all started at this March outbreak in in 1857. And uh, people this this just continues to like get the rumor mill going because two of these representatives as i mentioned are from pennsylvania very suspicious 
as as is Buchanan, and the other representative was politically aligned with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another person who perished to this outbreak was James Buchanan's nephew, hmm. who was supposed to be his personal secretary, but died before he was able to actually. I'm assuming he was not fulfill his role. With him. He was traveling with him. Oh, yes. interesting. Yes. So as as all of this happens, people are, are just certain this has to be this poisoning attempt. This uh, certainly it was because all these people from Pennsylvania are dying and James right. Buchanan's own family member and James Buchanan is sick. And so uh, all these rumors are going around. At the same time, the hotel is shut down for a period of time for some cleaning, at which point they find a dead rat in the water tank oh, of the hotel. That could be your problem right there. Which, it seems like a strange thing to publicize, but I guess if the alternative is there's a murderer in our hotel. The dead rat's like, hey, good news. We can get that out. On the right <laughs> side, we know a guy who knows a guy to get rid of dead rats. Um, and it's weird because they that was kind of like, that was published as like, see, it's fine. We found the dead rat. It was just the dead rat. We got it out. Everything's it's good now. One. There is an argument, though. It that wasn't even that cute. So it's <laughs> like a big deal. They didn't. Apparently, the water tank was just for like bathing and stuff. It wasn't actually for drinking. It wasn't potable water. So then the thought was like, but nobody was drinking that water. Right. So why did they blame it on the dead rat? Either way, they did find a dead rat. Um, other doctors said, no, no, no. It's nothing. It's not murder. It's not a dead rat. It wasn't the soup. It was a miasma. Because this was a period in history where the miasma theory of disease was very popular, which was basically the idea that diseases were like these bad smells that Mm. drifted bad air that drifted, you know, through the air and could just like make you sick. And and they could specifically come from things like dead animals or rotting garbage or gross things. Human waste could give off these airs of disease and then you would inhale them and get sick. And so a lot of doctors said, well... If you go inside the hotel, you'll notice how bad it smells there, that it smells very bad inside. It's a bad smelling hotel. Yeah, very stinky hotel. It's very stinky. stinky. (laughs) It's very stinky. And it was noted that um, because of like additions had been built on the hotel over the years and the additions had been built in a really haphazard way. (laughs) And so the ventilation didn't actually like go... it didn't ventilate this properly. This doesn't go anywhere. No, this, this doesn't go anywhere. Out of your room and into another nowhere. room. Yeah. And so like bad smells would be forced from one room to the next, but not like out of the building. Yeah. And specifically some, some of the vents went the wrong way. And so like periodically guests would report just like sewage, like air that reeked of sewage, just like blasting oh. through a vent at such speeds that they would say it would put candles out in their rooms. Oh my God. So like your room is being pumped full of like sewer gas periodically. Um, so the whole place smelled so bad. You could see where if you thought the miasma theory of disease was real, you'd go in the hotel and smell these like foul smelling gusts of wind and go, well, it's just wow. that the disease is just seeping into all the rooms and making everybody sick. And then of course there were still people who insisted, no, no, no. It was murder uh, because of the timing. Um, and and this was even for a while listed as an assassination attempt on Buchanan. You could see like Buchanan assassination attempts and National Hotel it's disease. Over. They used to call it the Buchanan grip sometimes. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, what was it? You know, that's a bad president. If one of the things that you can be named for is the diarrhea that you had that one time. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a tough legacy. Uh 
it's interesting on a side note it's thought that this probably shaped uh to somewhat not not maybe not to a large extent but it did help shape the buchanan presidency because he was quite sick uh for a while like he he suffered with the after effects of this disease uh throughout at least the first year of his presidency if not longer um and it it definitely made him less capable of uh like withstanding long meetings or big you know of of doing like tough negotiating and that kind of thing and so there's some thought that like this this physical illness may have impacted his abilities Hmm. as a president which is is only interesting in the sense that it changes the course of human history and it's it's disease um which is neat to think about but on the flip side it sounds like james buchanan also wasn't very like wasn't a very good president period like diarrhea notwithstanding uh, what was the National Hotel disease really? I don't know. Well, it was probably just plain old dysentery is what we think now. Um, as I mentioned, the hotel was gross. Um, D.C. was gross. Uh, it was if you, if you I mean, if you look just beneath the surface of all the all the finery and all of the, you know, politicians in their hand tailored suits and all that, you just saw like human refuse in the Mm. streets so like it would have just been it would have been very easy for some of that to contaminate the food and or somebody's hands or the sheets or the towels or the surf any surface i mean like the everything could have been covered in poop and you wouldn't have known um so it's probably just dysentery uh there were doctors a few years later who started referring to it as a light cholera (laughs) just a light cholera oh of cholera, a <laughs> diet cholera, a di- diet cholera. <laughs> I it probably wasn't cholera, cholera God, itself. Diet cholera but... is such a good Twitter username. Good, <laughs> best of luck. Fortune favors the bold, y'all. Uh, but it probably was just some sort of dysentery that somebody picked up from not washing their hands when they went number two, got it on something that somebody else touched and got in their mouth and fecal oral route. But there it goes. James Buchanan went on to become one of the worst presidents. In United States history, oh, no. according to people who know these things, I am not making that. That is not a subjective statement. That's not my opinion. These are just things I have read that not, historians not have written. Not a Sydney original there. No, uh, people who are who are smarter than me about history and the presidents have said that. And I guess that sounds pretty true because he never really seemed to weigh in on the issue of slavery in any effective way. And of course, this was 1857. What would happen in the 60s? Well, bad, bad The stuff. Civil War. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, yes, bad. And then, bad in I mean, the good that, like, in the sense that it ended slavery, but would have bad. Been totally groovy to end slavery without it. Though. Without all the <laughs> killing. Would have been, yeah. been better not to have it. But uh, but James Buchanan didn't seem to help much with any of this. The National reopened and it did well until it was torn down during World War Two. It was just not because of World War Two, just the time what, period. What's that there it, now? Uh, it is now the site of the museum. So if you've for another, ever for another uh, <laughs> three months, because that's closing at the end of the year. Is that when it's closing? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if it had moved. But anyway, if you've ever they're been looking for another, as I understand it, at least they're looking for another. Uh, thing. But if you've ever been to the museum, that is the site of the once once beautiful but pungent National Hotel and the dysentery that almost took down President James Buchanan. The diary is so bad, they named it after him. <laughs> Lord, please, if anybody is due that fate, it is probably me. 
Uh, but please don't let me have a diarrhea named after me. I I just I just would like to be spared that fate uh, if I could. I guess if you're ever at the museum, don't eat the soup. Don't eat would the be, soup. You never know. You never know. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for uh, listening to our program. Uh, if you liked what you heard, there's a lot more on uh, our website. You can yeah. head on over to dietcholera.com and you can see <laughs> all of our uh, episodes. Just That's grab not, that. You did? Yeah. Oh, no. It's fine. It's a good use of our oh, family's no. money. It's fine. Totally fine. Uh, you can see more of our episodes there. Uh, leave us a rating or a review or what have you. We would really appreciate it. There was a There's a really cool book. I've been able to read part of it. I couldn't read the entire thing in preparation for this episode, but I read part of it. Um, Carrie Walters wrote Outbreak in Washington, D.C., the 1857 Mystery of the National Hotel Disease, which is an entire book dedicated to this outbreak. It's just a cool like little story of the the outbreak itself and then the history of the time. Anyway, if you're if you're fascinated by this story, which I was, I would recommend this book. So far I've I've really enjoyed it. Um October nineteenth, uh we're gonna be at the King's Theater with my brother, my brother and me. Uh then there that is a newly added show, so you can still get tickets to that. All the other shows pretty much for the year are sold out, especially uh, at least on the Sawbones front. Um so if you uh, want to get tickets to those, you can do that at McElroy.family and then click on tours. Uh, we also have uh, on McElroy.family is where you can find a link to merchandise. We've got a new uh, Cure-All's Cure Nothing t-shirt that is very cool that I think that you will very much dig. Um, and uh, there's also a Pro-Vax enamel pin it's a design by Megan Cott that was previously just for um, Max Fund donors, and she's reworked the design, and we're uh, selling those to benefit the uh, Immunization Action Coalition, which uh, spreads awareness and information about vaccines. So it's a very cool organization. And that, it's the time of year to get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. Cindy and I got ours today. High five. Yes. Woo. And uh, you should get yours now, too. Go to a drugstore. You know, it'll take you 10 minutes. Just just. Just go get it done. You don't need to go to the doctor's office if you don't. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Oh, thanks to the taxpayers for these sort of medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thank you to you for listening. We're going to be back with you next week. But until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.